0: Welcome to the TavernCast Network.
1: You're listening to TavernCast 39.
2: Your favorite drinking mug, order up a pint of strong ale and settle in. It's time for another round of Tavern Cast with your hosts, Cromley, Eloysius, Infernal Bill, and Dan Cattier.
3: Welcome back to the bar. It's Taverncast 39 with your regular hosts, Eloy. Cromley. And Infernal Bill. And our two guests this time around. Welcome back to Hawkeye. Hello, everyone. And welcome aboard for the first time to our buddy Clay from our new Taverncast show, The Shadow Council. Hey, Clay. Hello, everyone. A quick program note, Kern is still MIA, but uh, she should be back around TC40 or so. And also wanted to throw out a big thank you to Karg, who subbed for her in her absence for those early shows. I'm sure he'll turn up again, just like a bad penny.
0: Check us out online at www.taverncast.com. Have all the same stuff we've always had up there. You can uh, donate. You can log into our forums and join all the witty uh, banter that goes on in there. Call it that. And now we have the Shadow Council on our website. So we have all about Sweet. the Shadow Council. They have their own discussion area in our forums, and there's hidden Easter eggs if you can find them.
4: It's not. It's not even Christmas They're, yet. And will, uh, that's why, why I said Easter really? eggs.
0: No. Are there really? Are there really? No, even there's even, not.
3: I already did. A search. Even better. <laughs> Hey, Clay, why don't you go ahead and tell us what our Skype number is if people want to call us. (laughs) I don't know what the hell
4: Skype number is. It is actually 734-418-8727. That is correct,
1: sir.
3: And make sure you get up to iTunes and give us a good review. We would love to cross the 700 reviews for TavernCast number, and we're only like, you know, 625 or so away from (laughs) that. So, you know, just go ahead and give us a review up there and make it a good one. A good review. Thanks.
0: And I I hit Easter eggs (laughs) on iTunes also.
3: Folks, review us please. There is a reason that we are the 215th greatest podcast on the planet. So, review us accordingly. We're trying to move up to 214 here, so... Hey, Clay, real quick, what's the Shadow Council all about for any new listeners that are popping in this
1: show? The Shadow Council is a podcast that is of the TavernCast ilk, but is all about the World of Warcraft, as TavernCast once was itself. Which is why, if you are one of the old TavernCast World of Warcraft holdouts, you should check out the Shadow Council, because you'll find the same brand of irreverence, with a slightly different personalized spin, and all the same news and hard-hitting analysis that you came to expect. I'm just kidding, it's a lot of dick jokes, but you'll like it anyways.
3: Did you just say all the noobs you've come to expect? <laughs> Absolutely. And I am their king. <laughs> Tonight, it's Octavern Fest. We're spending an entire show on the greatness that is beer. Long-time listeners know the central role beer plays on TavernCast, but we've spent almost the entire season with mixers and specialty cocktails, and it's honestly time to return to our roots and crack open a few cold ones. I mean, this is a tavern, after all. Coming up in about a half an hour, we'll be talking to Grant Wood, brewmaster from the Boston Brewing Company, famous for the Samuel Adams brand of beers. In the meantime, what are we drinking? Beer.
2: What are we drinking?
3: So because it's the beer show, uh, what we thought today is instead of all sharing a, a single beer, we're going to kind of bring out some of our favorite brews, each one of us, and then talk a little bit about why they rock. So maybe to introduce you guys to a new beer or two that you may may haven't heard of. Why don't we go... Um why don't we go with Clay first? and uh, Start it out. Tell us what you're drinking. Tell us a little bit about the brew and why you dig it. What I'm
1: drinking! <laughs> what I'm drinking is the Stone Ruination <laughs> IPA, which is a lovely example of the Indian Pale Ale. And uh, it's such named because it had to be brewed strong in order to survive the trip from England all the way to the uh, Indian English people. English Indian people? Anyways... <laughs> It is uh, the hoppiest beer on the planet with over 100 IBUs. Uh, Stone calls it a liquid poem to the glory of the hop. And I think that if a beer had testicles, this one would have three. It is delicious. Wow. <laughs> it's has got <besticle> beer.
3: <laughs> when you say it's hoppy, how hoppy is it? Is it real bitter?
1: Um, it is about as bitter as bitter can get. It is... Uh, yeah, it's bitter.
3: I've never been a big fan of the bitter beers. Do you think, That's my only problem
1: oh, with like the real it. hoppies. I've
3: never been a big fan, like the Dogfish IPA. They make a Dogfish head no, like like 45. Oh, that's Bell's yeah, and, and too that's, a, that's supposedly one of the better IPAs out there. Right oh. I just think it's a little too hoppy for me. Do you
5: think uh, the bitterness comes from the third testicle? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think the
0: manliness. You know, I don't have a lot of uh, experience.
5: So. You
4: know, i got to tell you, if I had three testicles, I'd be pretty bitter. So <laughs> I think you're
0: right. Would you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: My wife says, wait a minute, what? Hello! Would totally interfere with your golf uh, swing.
3: Recommend, recommend this beer for, um, who, what, what kind
1: of people would enjoy this beer? You have got to be drinking for a good long time. After you can have a Guinness and say, my gosh, that's not better at all. You can start thinking about drinking some dark beers that may get you in line for Ruination IPA. People will tell you. Um, that you shouldn't drink Stone beers first. And Stone Brewery will say the same thing, that uh, you probably won't like this beer. And honestly, you probably won't. But if you're, um, if you're a seasoned hop drinker and you really enjoy a lot of good beer, this is, uh, this is one of the things that after everything else tastes like water, will still kick your ass <laughs> and kill every other taste in your mouth.
2: Yeah.
3: All right. That's a glowing a That's a,
0: uh, a, a sounding review. endorsement.
3: <laughs> Ring yeah.
1: endorsement.
0: Well, Hawkeye and I are actually splitting a, a big old bottle of rogue chocolate stout. That
4: is cute. With, uh, so chocolate, are you drinking from straws? straws? You have two straws? <laughs> so. Yeah, with some ice cream, and big curly straws. Things. Yeah, And cherries. <laughs> <laughs> you guys,
0: come on
5: has well, got Tell us chocolate. What's going
0: on. It's got chocolate so, in it. So. yeah, yeah, it's ebony <laughs> in color with a rich, creamy head.
5: E-
2: an earthy oh.
0: flavor of oats and hops that gives way to a rich chocolate truffle finish. It's, it's a you. dark beer. It's it's not terribly bitter. It's kind of a sweet, uh, malty, chocolatey tasting beer.
3: That... Does it really taste like chocolate? Well, I mean, it's
0: or not is like it sounds like a chocolate, chocolate milk or to... anything. Like it, 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 it has chocolate. a chocolate feel to it. <laughs> no, I suspect. Okay, this... I recommend this beer. I suspect this beer is a much easier drinking beer than the. Um, bastard yeah Um,
5: it's definitely smooth and it's dark and it's chocolatey i mean it's probably
0: if someone doesn't like beer they might like it it's kind of it's the kind of beer that my mom would like because she really likes dark beer and and tea and things like that so it's like guinness but a little sweeter yeah yeah a little more more carbonated probably than guinness too it's good stuff I think actually most of the Rogue beers are, are good stuff. So if you ever see Amen one of that, try it. All
2: right,
3: I'm I'm uh, I'm taking a, a little trip more on the uh, ivory side of things tonight <laughs> with. Uh,
2: <laughs> Ebony <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking a, a much lighter
3: ivory. beer. I'm drinking something called Blanche de Chambly, which is from the Unibrew Brewery up in Montreal. And we've had a couple of those on Taverncast already. We've had uh, Ephemere, mm-hmm. and we also had. Do we have Maudit? Boromir! ach. Lord of the Rings,
6: that's what I'm talking about.
4: Oh no, that wasn't poor. Sorry. Yeah, F we Amir. had Boromir.
3: Did <laughs> we have what? Are, did we have Maudit or did we have um, Wadi from the end, the end of the world. What was that called? Le the uh The the Unibrew brewery is is fantastic, and uh, they do a lot of incredible incredible ales out of that place. This one, uh, Blanche de Chamblee, is a white ale, Belgian white ale. It's um, kind of hard to describe. I think the closest I'd put it to is some sort of hefeweizen, like a wheat beer, maybe. But it's kind of lemony and hoppy and somewhat bitter, but very crisp. It's um. This would be a good beer for somebody who who is just stepping into, like, an amber or just a slightly darker off-color beer from a Pilsner or something. This would be a nice step up for them. So, like, if you like Budweiser and you like all the, you know, the gateway beers, um, this might be a, a nice step up into something that's really, you know, a, a solid good beer that's going to, uh, you know get you into the world of real beers. I I didn't drink beer for a long time, and it's primarily
0: because I did start with the Budweiser's and all that stuff. Ugh. And I just couldn't deal with it.
3: Bill, uh, what do you got going?
4: Well, I have brought out my time machine, and um, I just got back from the future, and something tells me that coming up on the show, we may be talking about dark black ale that may be featured by Sam Adams. I'm going to try some of that because it sounded so great. So that's what I'm drinking. I got some Sam Adams... Wait, are you drinking this in the ble- future,
0: or are you drinking it now? I'm confused.
4: No, no, I... You know, <laughs> say, I don't even know anymore. But I know that I've <laughs> I just a diagram. tasted it. And, uh, it's a, <laughs> here's a Venn diagram. <laughs> here's me in the future. Here's me in <laughs> the present. And this is where they cross the link is delicious. I haven't had a whole lot of the dark beer, so the most dark beer I've had, I guess, is the Guinness, which is pretty good. I definitely prefer it out of the tap, but whenever it comes out of the can or out of the bottle even, it certainly doesn't taste like it does out of the tap, and it, and it does taste you know, awfully bitter, often too bitter for me. But this black beer that Sam Adams brewed up is fantastic. It's really full-bodied. I mean, it's very complex taste to it. There's a lot going on in there, and it, it is a a dark, heavy, bitter taste, but not oppressive. It's not so overwhelming that it makes me kind of think, okay, after a couple of tastes, I pretty much have enough of this, and how am I going to get through the rest of this? This one is very smooth, goes down very easy. I highly, highly, highly recommend the Sam Adams Black, Black Beer.
3: Bill, out of um, out of everybody here, you're probably the one who I would say is most classified as a like a first year beer guy, second year beer guy. Like you're you're sure. not you're not necessarily a noob, but you're you're just kind of coming like into level discovering three. different kinds of beers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a level three beer noob. Yeah,
0: you're running away from Hogger. <laughs> <laughs> when I popped open this black beer, like I drank it and went flung. I was a wow. That
4: was I got all, I got like refreshed. I felt great.
3: So how are these hitting you as far as when you're trying these new things? I mean, are you... are you Yeah, I mean,
4: them? look, if I'm class three or level three, I mean, consider that <laughs> I think my first tavern Cash show, I drank smoked beer. So That's it's right. been, you know, head first. I, I, I don't think I can appreciate all of the complexities of all of the exotic beers that we've been drinking. But from a base level of, you know, what's good, what's not so good... Um, I am enjoying these it 's really interesting to go out and try different things, especially beers, and kind of broaden your horizons and, and challenge yourself to see if you can appreciate and you know something a little bit more robust than a than a pilsner, and and I I really do enjoy these stouts. I'm enjoying them more and more.
3: Well, I'm glad to see that you've taken to it with fervor. I now can uh, say that I've helped convert you, and I've helped convert (laughs) Eric to the wonders of beer.
0: (laughs) That might be the best thing you've ever done for me.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Or the worst, depending on how you look at it, I suppose. (laughs) I think there's a reward waiting for me in heaven. Beer heaven? More virgins than usual will be coming to me. Or or a bill when I get
4: out of of Betty Betty Ford.
3: One of the two.
2: Ein Prostik, ein Prostik, der glücklich war, ein Prostik, ein Prostik, der gewöhnt mir.
1: Is there an ideal way to drink a beer like wine, Infernal Bill?
4: Yeah, I, I definitely think that you don't want to drink it out of a can or a bottle, however, Thank it comes God. in. Oh, yeah, I'm talking. You don't you don't open a bottle of wine and just like drink it right out of the bottle. And so I think like nope. a, a bottle of wine, you or should open you a do. bottle of beer and pour it into a nice beer glass, one that you can actually, you know, a clean beer glass, definitely, but one where you can see the color of it, one that you can kind of put your nose into it and kind of, you know, get a good sense of what it smells like, um, because I think. You know, the olfactory senses are directly connected to the palate and it the whole experience as you you know, take a couple of whiffs of it and take a drink really heighten the experience and give you a better taste of the beer. That's how I like to drink it. Okay,
3: I own. take it so back.
5: You are more like level you're like six, man. Oh, well, high <laughs> highfalutin clean and you know, <laughs> comparing it to wine you don't drink out of the bottle. What like, <laughs> yeah, let's chug some beers!
3: There you go.
4: Sorry, I went back into the way-back machine. I
3: think, I think honestly, it. Uh, uh, first of all, you can't drink beer out of a bottle. Well, okay, that's not true though. There are some I mean. beers that taste just fine out of the bottle. Um, uh-huh. Corona with lime, Dos Equis with lime. I mean, some of the some of the mass produced beers that like you're just kicking back, eating a burrito or whatever. I mean, they're not bad out of the bottle. But mm. most beers. I don't know. It's. I think it's like sacrilege to drink them out of a bottle. Yeah, but you're not tasting Dos Equis.
2: <clears throat>
4: Bud Light, you key out the bottom of it, stick your lips around it, pop the top,
6: shotgun that sucker down. That's a good time right there, baby!
5: <laughs> well, I think there's certain, isn't there certain beers you kind of drink for just satiating your thirst and some that you actually drink for flavor and stuff? I mean, hot well, summer day. You're not supposed and... to you know
3: <laughs> you're not supposed to i mean they're all beers aren't supposed to be that way at all it's just the only reason we think it's that way is because we have beers like budweiser which are supposed to satiate thirst and cool you down you're not
5: really meant to Corona be good the, the, the ones you mentioned i mean those are those aren't steep flavor beers they're just kind of get the job done you know wet the palate take the heat off. It's
3: Miller time!
5: He's absolutely
3: right. I, I kind of like Corona and Dos Equis. I mean, I really do. I, I like a lot of much better beers than that, but they're, uh, Dos Equis with a lime? Like, Dos Equis Amber with lime. That is really good with Mexican food. Really, really good. I don't I'm know what it is, about, but if, it's
0: good. If it would be better with Maxim food, if you had it on tap, uh, probably be better that yeah. way, right? So, I mean, it's not bad out of the bottle, but tap's always better. Hmm. And if I think if you well, can get it like at the place where it's actually made, I think that makes a difference. Yeah, oh, yeah, some of the best. Beer, honestly,
5: oh, yeah. I'll say it, some of the best beer I ever had was when I took a tour of the Budweiser factory, and that we got really? to the end, and I got straight out of the freshest batch they had, and it was just like, wow, huh. this is really, really good. Huh. That's interesting. Really, yeah. I,
3: I I have to admit I actually toured one of the Budweiser facilities too down in um, Tampa, and uh, the beer that came out of the factory wasn't bad, which made me think that perhaps they're doing something different with their pilsner there on site than they are once it's bottled, because it seemed a hell of a lot more robust than the usual Budweiser.
2: Hmm.
5: I don't. I asked the guy about that, and what his explanation was that. As soon as they bottle it and seal it and everything and ship it, I don't know. It turns it? into Chemical ass. Consistency or whatever, it does change. I mean, no matter what you do, it's kind of...
1: But why isn't that true for every other beer, then? Because Budweiser has 99 ingredients in it, so I imagine the chemicals kind of congeal like an old hamburger. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> I you're you're like, going to get sued for this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs>
3: Hey, that pulls up another possible question to run around the table. Which would last longer after the nuclear holocaust, a Twinkie or a Budweiser?
5: Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) You guys
3: are
5: totally getting sued. (laughs) What do you mean, you guys? (laughs) Welcome aboard, (laughs) Klinger. I'm not the regular host. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: I had no idea what those guys were going to (laughs) say.
5: Along those veins, are are there any mass-produced beers that uh, you think are worth drinking? How... I mean how would you
0: define mass produced cuz I mean all I, do you mean like the big big breweries like Budweiser and
5: and all those Miller, is that what you're Coors. thinking I would take that to mean Schuetz. any any you know party store you go to or Kroger's or anything always has a certain brand and stuff you know your Budweisers your Miller's your yeah. Keystone for bill
0: so i guess and, uh, of the i would say really rare or of the really <laughs>
3: You know, common beers. I would say outside of what I already said, which is Dos Equis and Corona, Corona I have a strange fondness <laughs> for the Blue Moon beer. It's not bad. I'm not sure I consider that mass produced.
5: No, it's, it? it
1: is made by Coors. Is it? Miller. Miller makes it really? the Blue Moon huh. line. I yeah, yeah know they know own it. it. Yeah. Wait, same with Lion Kugels now. Oberon. They're mass owned.
3: I would say Line and Kugels is not. Can't go in that. No. Well, I mean, no. if you're They're not putting Sam Adams, Adams in there.
1: right now.
3: Yeah, but see then you gotta lump Sam Adams and some of the others in there. But see, I guess Sam Adams from from that standpoint is mass produced too. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put Lynan Cooler or Sam Adams into the like, you know, major mass produced beers because they're just better. Yeah.
1: But I would also put them in, I think that they're made at least as much as, say, Dos Equis in America. They're about as available. So if we're going to throw them into that class, then they clearly beat out the Dos Equis, my humble opinion. It's
5: funny. I think it's funny you're saying Kugel is actually better. I mean, I think Sam Adams has a distinctive taste and flavor, and mm-hmm. it, it does set itself apart. But Leinenkugel, variety. I've never found that. I've found Kugel to be just as, you know, run-of-the-mill as... Budweiser or well they've a,
0: got some some interesting oh, I like, just craft agree. type
5: beers with Line and Kugels and with Sam Adams. Yeah, so.
3: Line and kugel has got some good stuff. It depends
1: and on so what going So wait is, for that apple like
3: spice
0: or whatever it is to come out. Yeah, that's like oh, fantastic good. stuff sauce. It's
1: like drinking it's like mm, yeah. drinking apple pie. No, I don't know what we're beer. talking about. Bad rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but of that class I would have to say Sam Adams. Or anything Yeah, Sam the Adams is in that
2: mass-produced. category.
3: Uh, yeah. Do you guys like uh, Saint Pauli girl? I'm not sure I've ever actually.
5: It's okay. Had it.
1: I haven't had it in a long
0: time. She's I've always kind of like. Um... I like the
5: picture on it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've always kind of liked Amber Bach. I think is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's not bad.
3: Yeah. You know, I used to have quite a fondness for uh, Labatt Blue too, and I, I don't know what it would taste like today, but I remember drinking it like it was going out of style a good you know seven or eight years ago. There's,
5: a, there's those a, Canadians
3: know what
0: they're doing. Yeah, there's a they few do.
5: Canadian lagers like the Labatts and the Molson uh, that are I, I I find you know pretty nice. We talked a lot about American beers.
0: What do you think is uh, the best region in the world for producing beer? Which which produces the the best beer?
1: The west coast of the United States of America. From the Rogue Brewery to everything up in the Pacific Northwest, all the way down through some of the... Southern Californian beer producers. I mean, there's a few on the East Coast, but (laughs) right now, if you want to talk about the best beers and the most diverse amounts, it is the West Coast of America. Belgium's close, or Germany is a little far off, but the West Coast of America makes better beer than any part of any country.
3: I have to agree there's really damn good beers on the West Coast, but I'm going with Germany. I I think, bar none, Germany produces the biggest array of really fine original, traditional beers.
5: Hmm. I would say... Germany or Holland? Yeah, I
3: mean, there's some nice Holland.
0: Yeah, like wow.
5: Anstel and Heineken.
0: You know, I'm thinking. I am think thinking. What I need to do is research this fully, <laughs> and, and travel the world drinking beer <laughs> before
5: I can no, really make
0: a. Uh, a now's decision a good time there. to do it. Because you can't you can't just say German beer without having been there and you know had it on tap,
5: right? Eric, you gotta go, Eric. I would gotta go get the beers from Antarctica. Right? <laughs> <You gotta> go <laughs> yeah. They probably
0: have a, dr- a Let brewery. Us <laughs>
4: All right, look, I got a question for you guys being the total beer new because I'm not even sure what the difference What's is between been... like a pilsner and a stout and like an ale. I mean, what is it what is an ale?
1: What can you guys explain to me what an the best is... what is your
4: best style of beer?
1: My best style of beer would probably be the Belgians are so diverse because they're they use a lot of wild uh, yeast and they use you know candied sugar and all sorts of crazy stuff that the point that they just kind of bleed into each other when like when the belgians are classified they're classified by how many times they're fermented not so much what goes into them so just for diversity and quality i think that Belgian styles, which you really can not lump together. A Belgian white is really not that far from, say, um, a Belgian strong. So yeah, I'll go with the Belgians. I think if people really like beer, they always eventually go to the Belgians. I, I don't think I can narrow
3: it to one, but I can give you two. I, I like I like Rauch beer, smoke beer, and I wasn't kidding. That whole tavern cast thing with smoke beer it was not a joke. I love that stuff, and I've had... <laughs> I don't know, twelve or thirteen different varieties of smoked beer, and I, I just I love that variety of beer. I don't know what it is. I think it's just the smokiness that adds to the beer, but there's something to it. And so, anyways, I like Rauk beers. I like milk stouts, which is a variant of stout, but it's a sweeter, darker, creamier version of the stout. A Maccasin triple stout is a, a good example of uh, of a milk stout, or maybe like. Um, Samuel Smith's Oatmeal Stout is uh, very similar to something that would taste like a uh, like a
5: milk stout. I like Scottish ales, like the thick, sweet stuff, and mm-hmm. that's totally yeah, one my of my first favorites. Stuff. But, you know, most of the time I'm a Pilsner guy. Summer, lighter. that just seems the way I roll now.
3: So Bill is the newbie? Mm-hmm.
5: What do you
4: got? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, um, I'm with uh, Hot Lips Houlihan. I, I like the Pilsner as well. Um, it's it's lighter. It's um, it's good on a hot summer day. You know, I get home from work, working all day, and you sit down at dinner, and kind of something that I've got, if I'm going to stock up the refrigerator, something that's going to go with anything, I think a Pilsner is most likely it. The, normally the last thing I want to do have with dinner is have a big, heavy stout, um, or or something that's, like, real robust. I just want something that's light and clean and tastes pretty good and is refreshing. So that's where I am.
2: In München steht ein Eins, zwei, bisschen
3: We're geeked to be talking to Grant Wood, a brewer with the Boston Brewing Company, one of the largest craft breweries in the United States and famously known for their Samuel Adams brand of beers. Welcome to the show, Grant. Uh, It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, first of all, give us a lowdown on Sam Adams beers. What, what do you guys make? How many varieties? Why they're great, etc.
7: We're one of the premier craft brewers um, in the United States, and uh, we make over 21 different styles of beer. I'm not sure what the current count is because it's going up all the time. We focus on um, the quality of our ingredients that go into our beers. We use malt, uh, malted barley, malted wheat. For our wheat beers, and we concentrate on the use of noble aroma hops for Boston Lager in particular, the Hallertau uh, Middlefrew hop uh, raised in Bavaria. And uh, I think one of the focuses that we have is quality, traditional brewing processes, and uh, the finest possible ingredients that we can find to go into our beers. It's a, it's a very interesting place that we're in. You know, we're we. Uh, are are bigger than a lot of the craft brewers, but even even if that's true, we're still um, really tiny in <laughs> uh, in the market. Um, you can find us in all fifty states, but we are less than one percent of the beer market in the United States. So, um, as, as as my boss Jim Cooks like to say, uh, we are we're tiny. We just graduated from infantismal,
2: you know, <laughs> and
7: uh, hopefully we, we hope to one day be small. So it's a, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun place, and again, uh, we, we focus when, when we're making our beers and when we're formulating new beers, we, we focus on those things, the, the traditional brewing processes, the quality ingredients, and balance you know, in our beers for uh, flavor and capability, but also delivery of full flavor that I think people are looking for.
3: I have to tell you that some of my favorite beers were the Sam Adams label. A- actually, uh, the guys, uh, Bill and Eric and I, were sitting around last week trying out the top brands of Oktoberfest Martins. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, Paul Lehner to Iinger, Spotton, etc. And we had Sam Adams along the bunch. And, and I hadn't had it before. And I have to say, honestly, and not because you're on the show, but Sam Adams Oktoberfest is now my absolute favorite of the Martins. And I used to be a huge Paul Lehner and Spotton fan, but that is a seriously good Martins. A lot easier to find, right. too
7: well yeah oh, yeah it's it's um it is since you're standing in the united states but i uh, i i really appreciate the compliment that's um that is some really fine brewing that you have put us in that that really says something thanks
3: no it's it was seriously drinkable um and it 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 was surprising to me honestly that that I was drinking an American beer and it it wasn't something direct from munich so it was it's really really good. <laughs>
7: Just to speak, you know, about Oktoberfest, um, when that beer was, uh, was created, um, it's gone through some evolution, you know, and as brewers, the Boston lager aside, there's no recipe in our repertoire that we're not adverse to sort of tinkering with. You know, to try to perfect, to try to get, you know, the maximum flavor, and like you said. Uh, drinkability and smoothness uh in that in that product An Oktoberfest it hasn't changed in quite a while I think the last tweaking we did to that beer might have been four years ago and it's really kind of minor had to do with the body of the beer but it is one of my very favorite beers in our entire portfolio and, and all my beers in all the world but it's a really cool beer and we, we've done uh, or had done you know quite a bit of work on that, trying to perfect that recipe and get that balance of intensity of flavor, but that smoothness and that drinkability that you're talking about.
6: The comment that you're always tinkering with the recipe is just amazing and and tremendous. I mean, insofar as that you're always looking to better your product and not necessarily resting on your laurels, which I think gives any, especially a smaller-sized company, the competitive edge. But when you're dealing with something like food, what would be, like, the perfect model of, say, the Oktoberfest beer that you're trying to obtain? What what are you trying to do to a beer to make it better?
7: Well, it it truly does depend upon the beer. The beer spectrum out there, um, there's a variety of different styles from... We can just run through our seasonals. We make a white ale, which is a a wit-based beer type of thing with uh, spices in it. Our summer ale, which has lemon zest and grains of paradise. The Oktoberfest. You know, the winter lager that has some, you know, it's a a Weizenbach with uh, some very, very uh, mild spicing in it of ginger, cinnamon, and orange peel.
3: It's a fantastic one, too, actually. <laughs> yeah, oh,
7: really, but the, really it, really, it really depends upon the style, and you know, we have uh, a great team of brewers, starting with Jim Cook at Sam Adams, and when we get the opportunity, we talk about those beers. We sit around, we talk about them, and it's kind of in the opinion of the brewmasters that we taste a lot of beers. We taste the competition. We know what we like, and we try to bring our opinion to the table. And we'll 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 taste that beer, and it, or at the end of the you know end of the season, we'll say, well, that was really good. Can we do it better? What did we think of this? Was it the best Oktoberfest, for example, that we could make? Would we do anything differently? I think the last time we actually thought about that was maybe like I said, maybe four years ago or something like that. But the ingredients don't change. The you know we're using two-row malted barley. We're using our caramel malt, a little bit of Munich, and um, we use a a special pale malt called Moravian, which uh, we only use in that particular beer that gives that beer that smoothness, that silkiness. And then we also use the noble aroma hops in moderate amounts to give it the crisp finish. When we're talking about balance, your basis of the beer is that when you're in the brew house, you're making sugar from the malts. You're, You're extracting the the starch out of the the malts and turning them into sugar and then you ferment those and when fermentation is done depending upon what you've done in the brew house the, the beer has body as well as the alcohol that's created from the fermentable sugars by the yeast and so that there's that there's that balance there's a there's sort of a balance between the body the amount of alcohol that's in there which can you know make it uh too hot on the palate um and, and the amount of bitterness and and in general they're accepted guide style guidelines um, when you're making a Merit Center or you're making some other kind of a beer. With the ingredients that we like to use, just the way we do things, it brings the Sam Adams twist, the Sam Adams style to that particular style of beer. And so the knowledge of the, of the brewmasters in our company and the way we feel about the beer and the way we feel like it should be, that, that measures and we put that into the beer and what goes into the bottle.
0: What does the the brewmaster really? How, how do you tie into all of that? You know, Me personally, tasting and well, I'm just I'm just curious about the process and where yeah. the role of brewmaster is and all that.
7: The brewmaster, his job is to make sure that the recipe, as it's written, is being made like it's supposed to be made. That we're following the the procedures of making it. You get so much of this malt, so much of that malt. The hops are going in. The temperatures are met, and make sure and you know, ensuring the quality of that process by making sure that. His vessels are clean, her vessels are clean, and the the yeast is clean. And you're you're maintaining the yeast health. You're really trying to, to feed the yeast because the yeast are the true brewers. There, we're kind of a, kind of the the ranchers facilitator. For the yeast. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but they do the job, so we try to help them um, by giving them the best ingredients we can, and keeping them healthy, and giving them the right foods, and that sort of thing.
6: Do you ever
7: come up with names? Did you ever come up with names for the yeast? I mean, it's almost like it's just so interesting. <laughs> well, we uh, we do have a couple of names for them. Um, the, the the Lager yeast is the Lager yeast, the Ale yeast, the Ale yeast. Um, uh, when we talk about Utopia's, we we call them the Ninja yeasts. So it's uh, in, in that sense they've been named. But um, I don't know. They're, they <laughs> we we should. I think we should we should have them. Probably a closer, more personal relationship to our yeast. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it.
6: Right, it definitely sounds like you've got a relationship with the yeast that you're wrangling. Here's Timmy over in this Petri dish. And over there, there's a yeah. big it.
7: It's not just Timmy. It's Timmy and 10 billion trillion of his closest <laughs> clones. You now, yeah. And they're hanging out in that tank and doing the work for you. It's right. just
3: another day in the Appalachian Mountains. <laughs> <laughs>
6: How do you find yourself becoming a brewmaster? I mean, you mentioned earlier um, getting a degree in food sciences. How did you decide to do that? And are there institutions around the country that blend uh, food and science?
7: It's a it's a torturous path, but I will try to uh, condense it into the Reader's Digest version. You know, I, I went to Texas A&M. I got a degree in food science, and and as you said, it's sort of uh, applying science to um, food processing and learning about you know sanitation food microbiology food food processing of uh, all kinds of stuff from uh, meat packing to cheese making to, to vegetable processing all that kind of stuff but uh, you know I always had when I when I decided on that degree I'd, all, I'd thought before I went to college about becoming a chef for a while but I went on college and um, stuck with that and fortunately I went to a school that had this this program and it was really cool and while I was there I got interested in fermentation took a took a you know a class in uh, in fermentation science. Um, in this case, it covered a lot of different stuff, including beer making, but it also included the creation of um, antibiotics and stuff like that, sort of biotechnology stuff. It, uh, and, and back then, back in the early 80s, when that was very young science, teaching you about gene splicing and stuff like that well,
6: curing cancer or drinking lots yeah. of beer?
7: <laughs>
6: and that's for making a decision.
7: Yeah, well, it's funny. I have uh, I live close to a couple of folks who are um, virologists. They study viruses. They thought, man, your your application of microbiology is way more fun than ours. <laughs> 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 so, uh, and, I, and I and I have to agree with them, you know.
0: Right, taste better. But, too. Uh, no,
7: I I would always wanted to get into fermentation. I thought about trying to get in the wine industry. There just wasn't much in Texas, where I grew up. And and when I got out of school, got married, and kind of hunting around for a job, I was fortunate enough to uh, get hired at uh, Pearl Brewing Company, God rest its little soul, down in San Antonio, Texas. So I went to work for them as a microbiologist slash chemist. To be honest, I didn't know that much about beer when I went to work for the brewery. You know, I, uh, Back in the early 80s, what was beer? Beer was sort of a pale, fizzy, alcoholic, soda pop. No, it was just your basic American lager. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's kind of the gateway,
3: okay. though, for people. That's, I think the gateway beer for so many people is like a, a really light and fizzy pilsner, a la you know, Budweiser, Schlitz, Miller, whatever.
7: Sure. Yeah. And there's, you know, and, and really, there's, <laughs> and I want to make sure that I'm really clear about this, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's a lot of really fine, really clean, really light beer that's made out there that tastes fine. You know, it doesn't have a lot of flavor in it, and some people don't want a lot of flavor in their beer, and that's fine. Those people do a great job of doing what no, they I think do. There's
3: a, I think there's a place for that at, at times. I tell yeah. these guys all the time that, you know, sometimes on a really, really hot summer day, popping open like a nice Corona or something, it, even a Budweiser, I, I I hate to say it, but there are days <laughs> where it tastes pretty good.
7: Well, yeah, i might not go the... so far as agreeing with you on the... <laughs>
3: At, at this point, Grant is like, what What? What show is this again? What? what the, who the hell are these guys?
7: Yeah. But no, I, I digress a little bit. But, you know, I started out making, you know, pale light lager and found, you know, that I liked brewing and, and, and thought it was really interesting. There was a lot of really cool things you could do. And so I worked for Pearl for about four years, went to Siebel Institute in Chicago. They were kind enough to send me to brewing school. And then... Um, uh, a few years later, I got a job over at Lone Star Brewing Company as an assistant brewmaster. I was there for six years, and unfortunately, Lone Star was owned by Heilman, which uh, ran into some financial bad times. My timing was good, though, because at that time, Sam Adams was looking for a couple of brewers, and I was able to uh, get hired on there uh, at Sam about 13 years ago. So the rest mm. is history.
3: Grant, if you, if you had to narrow it down, to a few. What, what would you say some of your favorite styles of beer are?
7: Mm. Love the Schwartz beer style. Love the black lager. Uh, it is a running joke in the company about me and black lager. They've put me in the company newsletter as the baron of black lager. Um, <laughs> but uh, it is a uh, it's a really great style and, and unfortunately uh, or fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know, there's not much of it made in the United States. It's kind of an obscure liquid style. People are kind of afraid of it, I think, because it's so dark. But mm-hmm. the one we make is just so rich. It's got a great malty character to it, a little bit roasty but not burnt. It's It's got this very smooth finish, very little bitterness to it. You know, I know I know a lot of brewers are hop heads. They just love the hops. So they want it bitter, bitter, bitter. Um, that's not me. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a real malt fan, and that's why you know I love the Oktoberfest, love black lager. Another real favorite of mine that that we don't make, unfortunately, is, you know, the Flanders Red, some sour kinds of beers. We haven't gone down that, that road yet. I hope to do that, though, sometime.
3: I'll tell you, Cromley and I both here really like Rauk beer quite a bit, and I was really I was surprised to see that you guys do a smoke beer variant, but I've never seen it anywhere on any shelves.
7: <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a rarity. We actually we actually put it in a competition. We we do something every year or after the last three years called the Beer Lover's Choice, and that's where we make um, two two different styles of beers, no label to sort of identify the style and we have the public taste them. They come into um, their, their favorite tavern, their favorite pub, and uh, they can vote, or they go to a beer festival, and they can vote, taste them, and, and vote on which one they like. So we had, a, we had a smoked lager, a Rauch beer, and we put it up against what had been an old favorite, which was Honey Porter. Honey Porter beat it. But it was exciting to have one in a bottle that you could take home and taste. And because it is, it's kind of, it's very malty, and it's got, you know, we all love sausages and smoked meats and all that yeah. sort of stuff, all <laughs> the brewers do. So we make one once a year, at least, at the brewery in Boston. So it'll be on draft um, in Boston occasionally.
3: Well, it's good to yeah, know I mean, where I have awesome. to go to get my Sam Adams yeah. liquid bacon. <laughs>
7: yeah, there you go. There you go. If it doesn't taste like a ham sandwich, it's not a rough beer.
0: <laughs> How else does, would you say that you guys distinguish yourself from all the other breweries? Because, I mean, there's... I, mean, I don't know how many. there's got to be dozens, if not hundreds, of microbreweries now in the U.S. And, and uh, I mean obviously, you're, you're, you're easier to find than you know, outside of the region than, than a lot of those. Yeah.
7: I, think, I think we distinguish ourselves in a couple of ways. One is, um, all brewers focus on quality. They want to make the best beer they possibly can, And, and we do that. We focus um, very strongly on quality, and that's really, that really starts at the ingredients. That starts at the basic level. We buy the best hops we can find: the Hollertal Mittelfrüh hop, Tettnang hop, Spalt hop. Imported, you know, grown in Bavaria, processed in Bavaria, shipped over here in the coldest parts of the month, you know, over the year, and um, kept cold until they actually go into the beer. You know, it's that sort of um, attention to quality and attention to the flavor that goes into that beer that, that we start with. I think that, that is one thing that sets us apart. Um, Jim Cook, you know, <laughs> um, the guy who starts the company, he's a, he's a madman. <laughs> he is uh, crazy about beer. He loves beer. He lives, eats, breathes, sleeps beer and, and making beer. Um, and he, he pushes us. He asks us, as his brewing staff, to find new ways to bring flavor into beer, what are the? You know, think outside the box. Let's push the envelope on what beer can be. From making chocolate box to making a great all malt light beer to making something like Utopias, the extremist of the extreme, things like that. You know that that passion starts with him, and it's, it it trickles down to the rest of the to the rest of the brewers that are in the company. And we you know we. <laughs> we want to make them happy, and so it's a it's a great mandate for us to go out. So Jim, you know, he's a he's a he's a driving force, and and that force helps us bring so many different styles of beer to the public. We try to do a count, or I try to do a count. And this is probably a couple of years ago. All the different recipes, not and and this is this doesn't include one. You know, this includes ones that haven't ever seen the light of day. These are ones that never made it out of Boston. We mm-hmm. brewed it once, we brewed it twice. Yeah, we we've probably got over seventy Jeez. different recipes that have been brewed in mm-hmm. some respect and served to the public at some time.
3: Can you give us a you sample know? of like what one of those recipes were like? A, a, one of the most obscure or crazy ones you guys came up with.
7: Well, <laughs> let's see. One of the more I think one of the more interesting ones that we've done recently um, is a Finnish sati. It is made with spruce boughs and <laughs> huh. berries. Yeah. And so what we did was we, we, we Yeah, we we laid spruce boughs or lay spruce boughs in the bottom of the um water ton and made a mash, pumped the mash over on top of these the spruce boughs and then ran it off and then we put ground juniper berries into the kettle with some hopping. And it was pretty strong. It was up I think around eight percent. Um but it had this really amazing and deep piney, resinous character to it, spice, huh. spiciness to it, but it also had a really great round, malty character to it, and it's just, it's a total pain in the rear end to make, but um, it was a lot of fun, and it tasted really great. You'd have to come to Boston sometime to get it.
6: Yeah. <laughs> yeah we were going to say, if you ever have something you really want to, you know, uh, test, something really radical, <laughs> uh, yeah. he, he Bryce is our maverick uh, uh, on the show, so he will be uh, more than happy to try, you know. Almost anything.
3: anything. Yeah, just just so you know that what they're referring to is that I've done crazy things like blended an entire like German dinner in a blender and added beer and drank it and some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was
0: just,
7: it was, it was by the way cereals with stouts. A
3: sausage
0: yeah,
7: actually, and beer float. Oh <laughs>
3: yeah, 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 absolutely. Actually, the um, the taste test we did with Count Chocula, Boo Berry, and Frankenberry, uh, and we poured Maccasin Triple Stout into it. And f- honestly, I finished the whole bowl. That was some good stuff. <laughs> I haven't tried that.
7: <laughs> I think yeah. it's a new definition of breakfast beer. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> for those
6: of us, and for those of our listeners who are still, you know, relatively novice uh, level as far as our beers are concerned. Let's say we're throwing a party. Let's say I'm having a a gathering at the house. It's not necessarily like a football, Super Bowl-type party, but, you know, I've got a number of adults showing up, and um, I'm going to be wanting to serve beer and wine. When you're serving something at your house, and you've got a wide variety of people coming to it, and you want to serve beer, what do you recommend? What do you serve at your
7: house? Well, of course I serve all Sam Adams products, <laughs> but <laughs> that aside, um, the good you know, the good thing is that we've got, you know, we, like I said, we've got a crazy amount of different beers, and we have a beer for almost every taste. You know, we have Sam Light, it's light and body, got a great multi-character, very clean finish, just a really nice beer. We've got our seasonals. You know, I, I typically have the seasonal around our Oktoberfest. Now, winter lagers on the way. On the other on the other side, I would probably, uh, I'd have lager, of course, and um, black lager since I am the baron of black lager. And uh, yeah, uh, I'd also have one of the ales in. Right now, we've got a really cool Irish red that won uh, a World Beer Cup gold medal for the Irish red category, and we just brought it out early last year. So it's a really cool ale. At my house... I like to have a variety in the fridge. Uh, I also like to serve them all in glass, so I try to have a variety of glasses around. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, I pour it out that's, of the bottle, guys. That's Come on. Yeah, let's look at it. Let's let the let's let the flavor out of the bottle. Let's ex- enjoy the whole experience of drinking the beer. So that's that's the key. And you know, my only my only issue that I really have I'm, with with beer, you know, I can please almost everybody in the world except my wife.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my my wife.
7: I'm going to out her on. Your podcast. She doesn't like beer, and uh, so my 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 goal in life, one of my tasks in this uh, while I'm on this earth, is to find a beer that my wife will drink an entire 12 ounce bottle of.
3: I've <laughs> had similar situations, and I've always found that uh, feeding somebody framboise, another kind of lambic, usually works.
7: I think you're right. I think it, that might work. She's she's tasted a few of those. She's tasted uh, like the Cassis lambic and stuff like that. So. It, it, it's in that area, but I just haven't found quite the right one yet. You mentioned
6: the Utopias before, which is a really unique product that comes out of Sam Adams. And from what I understand, the next batch is due sometime in 2009. Can you talk That's to our listeners a little bit of, a little bit about that? And what other really ultra-exotic beers you may have coming out in, uh, in the near future?
7: Well, uh, we can start. With, uh, the near future that I know of is our Chocolate Bach is coming back, which is exciting. A new, a uh, little bit reformulated. Again, we, we tweaked it a little bit. You know, it's all malt. It's got some chocolate malt in it, though. That doesn't mean that the malt has chocolate in it. It's because of the color and because of the, you know, that, that sort of bitter chocolate mm-hmm. flavor that you can get in the beer. But when, once the beer is um, fermented, it's a lager. We croison it and then we add cocoa nibs. We actually put cocoa nibs, which are the roasted, crushed uh, cocoa beans, pre-processing put those into the tank, and we put the beer on top of it and just sort of soak the beans in the beer and the beer and the beans and um, extract that great uh, chocolate aroma, primarily, and some of that chocolate flavor out Mm -hmm. of them. And then we filter the beer, put a touch of sweetness in it and a touch of vanilla, a really fine uh, Mexican vanilla extract, Um, and put a little teeny-wingy touch of that in there as well. And it just has this great dark chocolate flavor really rich flavor and aroma that we just love so that one's coming out pretty soon should be in time for the holidays and then like you said later next year we'll bring out um the 09 version of utopias you know that that is a continuously evolving kind of product i think if you if you taste the utopias before you'll you know when you taste it in 09 you go oh yeah that's Utopius. But it's it's going to be slightly different, probably. It always is because we're aging the beer in uh, different barrels, and the longer that we do this, the more old barrels that we have that we can blend into the newer stuff that we that we've made in the last year. And so it's a constantly evolving thing. It'll it'll still have the basics: the ninja yeast, the the malts, the noble hops, the special brewing process, the the really high alcohol, and again, it's a it's a balanced, unique, amazing product that's uh, aged for over a year in oak barrels and finished in buffalo trace bourbon barrels, and you know in that great ceramic decanter that looks like looks like a brew kettle.
3: Back in ninety seven and previous to that, you guys made the triple bock, which was yep. I think at the time the strongest beer in the world, wasn't it?
7: At the time, it was yeah. Yeah,
3: and I I mean, man, that was that was rich and complex and. To me, it was almost like a fine port in how complex it was. It was really good. But I, I have to say, the 2000... God, I think 2003 Utopias or 2005, yeah. one of the two, I don't know for sure, but that seemed a whole lot stronger to me than any of the triple box.
7: Yeah, it definitely was. The 03 and the 05 around there were about 25% alcohol by volume, roughly.
3: <laughs> wow. The <laughs> uh,
7: The triple box was <laughs> really? a mere 18%. Okay,
3: there's the big difference then. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah,
7: yeah, yeah. We learned a bit from people an back, and we wanted, wanted to apply that and change the flavor a little bit, get it a little bit paler, get a little bit more amber color. Uh, I think it's. I think the Utopius is a, is a superior product.
3: I've tried the triple bock uh, recently because they're still selling it out there. Um, I yep. think I had another 97 or so, but that it just doesn't seem to to hold the flavor long term. And so the question that I have is, is that like when you're laying up beer at all? And I, I know you're not usually supposed to, but things like things with the Utopias, can, can you lay those up for a couple of years to hold on to them, or are they best drank once they're produced?
7: I think in the case of things like triple bock, you know, if you just had one last year that was made in 97, let's bear in mind that that is 10. Years, um,
3: <laughs> a
0: decade, and
7: um, that yeah, well, it may have lost a step in that ten years, but it's still pretty big, pretty full flavored. I, I get that question a lot, and I have no idea. You know, on the shelf life, it's indefinite. It is 25 alcohol by volume. It's not going anywhere. No, no microbe is going to come in and, and wreck it. It will continue to evolve. You know, it, it has a certain flavor, just like wines do. It Has a certain flavor when it goes in the bottle. And it's going to sit, hopefully, you know. For a little while, people will hold on to it. I know I do. You know, you might find a special occasion to open one up and take a sip. And what's cool about the bottle is you can put the cap back on and seal it back up and set it back on the shelf. You know, you've you've broken the equilibrium of the bottle, but it's going to change. It's not going to go bad. It's going to age, and it's going to change, and typically for the better, I think. I think they get smoother as they get older. Uh, the utopias that I've had, and, um, you know, I can say that uh, we still have some old barrels of it, you know, some old 2003 and even some uh, Millennium Ale that we made back in 1999 that was 20 alcohol by volume, still in the barrel. <laughs> wow. And it, yeah, it continues to amaze, continues to change, and, you know, just speaking about the the millennium that we have, it, it has taken on this really fascinating citrusy kind of old orange character. Huh. It reminds me a lot of Grand Marnier. Wow. It has this great orange rind, kind of dried orange, rich orange kind of character to it. It's just amazing. Just amazing. You know, I, I guess I'm obliquely answering the question is I think you can I think you can rack them. I think you can hold on to them. It's kind of an ongoing experiment. It's a great tasting, very interesting ongoing experiment but it is it's an ongoing process of trying to um find out you know where where are the boundaries of the beer universe that's the cool thing about working with cook you know he's like i said he's a madman and he wants us to do that he's, he's constantly looking for really cool and interesting ways to bring beer to more people and then bring really interesting beer to more people
3: so, I do have a concept for you. Um, bratwurst, sauerkrauts, a little bit of potato pancakes mixed up in a beer. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, um, I mean it's possible. I had it, it didn't work for me so well, but I figure you being the brewmaster—it's <laughs> <laughs> like
6: that's an idea, not a good
2: one, but it's an idea it
6: is technically,
7: yeah, an idea. it is, it is an idea, and I think it goes back to my whole thing about not mixing things into beer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sauerkraut would be one of those things, I think. especially
7: meat products. I'm not sure that's gonna apply very well. All right, well, that hey, like Grant,
3: thanks, uh, thanks for talking to us, man. We really appreciate it having you here, and we've learned a lot.
7: You're very welcome. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on.
3: You can check out all of the awesome Samuel Adams beers by going to www.samueladams.com, but obviously it's so much cooler to actually sample them and drink them. You can do that by simply visiting any of your local pubs that has it on tap or any fine ale shops throughout the United States. And, and Grant, are you, guys, uh, are you guys pretty well established internationally?
7: If you go overseas, you might be able to find it in a few spots. We're real big in Sweden. <laughs> we do well in the U.K., And uh, a couple of other spots. Yeah, it's not—it's not a huge part of our business. But if you look around, you can find us.
3: We have a—we have a pretty sizable audience from uh, Europe and Australia. So, any good beers I can point to there? I usually do. Great,
7: thanks. Thanks, man. You're—you're very welcome. Thanks for having me on.
3: It, wasn't it great having Grant Wood from Sam Adams on and uh, chatting about beer. I learned so much from that guy.
4: You know, it was interesting that he's so that he's got like the chemistry degree, and you know, he, it's so it, it like he's got all these advanced degrees in something other than dude beer. You know, I mean, he's an extremely intelligent person, essentially half scientist, half chef, and he's making beer. So it just—I mean—as far as like a, a stamp of approval for the Sam Adams Brewery and the, and the product that comes out of it. Nah, but I, I um, think
3: I think no in idea. the core of his heart beats the dude beer, for sure. Or else he wouldn't <laughs> yeah, be yeah. a
2: brewer.
5: Is there any beers out there that that you know everybody seems to rave about that you know you just don't get it? You, you know, you you tried it and you're just like, this doesn't taste good. This is garbage. This. Just doesn't rub me the right way. You got any out there you can think of like that? Bushlight. 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 <laughs> <laughs> <Fun line. laughs> now we're talking about beers, so.
2: <laughs>
0: see?
3: Huh. That's kind of a hard question. I'm trying to think of what people rate. Like about.
5: Anchor Steam. Like, well, actually, okay, Anchor yeah. Steam. Or Sierra Nevada. I've never yeah. understood the oh, upside. Okay, of those. I mean.
1: Blasphemer. No, see, see? Anchor what I mean? Steam does taste a little bit like piss, but yeah, Sierra Nevada is great I just,
5: stuff. I just never have gotten into Sierra Nevada.
4: You know, I think it has a lot to do with where you are in your, you know, beer drinking career, as it were. Because, it, you know, for a long time, everybody's like, dude, you got to try Guinness. It's awesome. It's like chocolate beer. I mean, it's the greatest thing ever. I tried it and it tasted like ass. I mean, it's... A, you know, I thought the same like thing, so too. When I first tried it. <laughs> it's so super bitter. I mean, it's just brutal on the palate. But, you know, after you drink a, a bit and you kind of dull your taste buds and a few of your brain cells, it starts to taste a little bit better.
0: I agree. No, it's true. I think you become acclimatized to it because, I mean, when I first tasted uh, Guinness, I thought, yeah, I was the same way. I thought it was awful. It was way too bitter. Hmm. And then I've now always, I taste it now, and I don't even taste bitterness. I've always you
5: know liked I mean? Guinness, but I, I bought. A I didn't start drinking until Guinness until a, a fraternity ago, so. party,
1: and my brothers forced me to drink it in front of them, and it, and I hated every second <laughs> of it. And now it's it's like. Water. And now it's now it's like what you drink in the morning brush your teeth. I was hazed with it. Yeah, it's breakfast. <laughs> it's breakfast. And I, I, I'm slipping it to my pregnant wife <laughs> to make sure my kid is raised good. <laughs> raised all special.
3: You know,
4: play after you finish your Guinness, you're gonna be taking this heroin <laughs> right to the arm. Absolutely. We, no younger brother of ours isn't gonna be drunk and cracked up. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, no. The when I first got introduced into stouts, um, it was w- through uh, Murphy's Stout and through oh, yeah. Mackeson Triple one. Stout. And yeah, it, Murphy's is seriously drinkable. It's it's bitter, but it's not overly bitter. It's not like Guinness. It's incredibly smooth, and it's a little bit it's a little bit easier to get into it from uh, from a stout standpoint. And Mackeson's hell, Mackeson's is just it's like the nectar of the gods. It's just sweet and creamy and like T
4: C thirty nine brought to you by Mackins <laughs> Triple
6: Stack. That'd be awesome. <laughs>
1: So bottles or cans, why does it taste better from the tap or from a keg? Bottles or cans. Whether you pour
4: it out of a bottle or whether you pour it out of a can, it definitely seems to taste different. You know, you can get certain beers out of a bottle or a can, right? Like Guinness is a good example.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, but um, see, but Guinness it, has got that—it's uh, the CO2 widget. widget in it, right? So it tastes a little bit more like it's uh, out of a tap. I, those, I like those cans all right. In fact I drink, I like Boddington's quite a bit uh, just as you know an easy to drink ale and it, Boddington's comes out of a can with the CO2 widget and I kind of dig that
4: Yeah but doesn't it taste to you it always tastes to me like a I, I don't know maybe it's got like a tinny taste to it you know That's like, shit yeah, um,
1: beers but, come out of cans Like if I drink <laughs> if I drink a new belgian What's your real opinion <laughs> <laughs> like fat tire comes in a can and it's delicious, and I I didn't like the idea until I had one, and I was like, yeah, it doesn't make a difference. But if you have a Bushlight or a Coors or a Miller, you're, uh, it's just a Freudian reaction wherever you're like, oh, I have this thing in my mouth. Oh, it's terrible. I or bet. King it's reaction. Yeah.
5: I bet if I took a Budweiser out of a can and a Budweiser out of a bottle and mm-hmm. poured it into that'd a glass, that'd be an interesting test. You couldn't tell me which one was which. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I I'm I think that. it's I think it's why like. Like urban legend that it makes a difference, and it's been ingrained in everybody since college. So when I go to the store, I still buy bottles because they supposedly taste better. But you know, I I wonder if that's even true.
1: Here's something: you can re-ferment in a bottle, but you cannot re-ferment in a can. So like your Belgians and your Germans mm. that all do bottle fermentation, yeah, they you can't do that in a can.
3: Well, why? Is there some chemis- chemical reason why?
1: No, because I, I don't think aluminum in a standard can is strong enough, because like oh, I've had yeah. doing homebrew, when you cap those bastards, if you don't cap them right, you have explosions. <laughs> or, or if you put too much sugar in there, same thing, and a can just couldn't hold that.
5: No, that's a good, point. Huh. It's a good point. Does that, how does, does that germane to flavor think?
1: Well, the, the yeast that comes from refermentation that's characteristic of these Belgian and European ales is definitely, especially if you ever take a big mouthful of yeast on the teeth, which is completely harmless and sounds really yeah. disgusting and like something that you would talk about on a different type of show <laughs> but <laughs> once in college uh, i knew this girl and I mean it was talk
5: about the shadow cone.
2: this is this is
3: the time where bill needs to start screaming go
0: bill go
2: save it yes my mouth! <laughs> uh, <laughs> bill
0: bill's actually a robot we have a little button we hit. <laughs> It's
2: like, no. <laughs> it's like I get tased. Oh, I can. Oh, mm. You Artificial just said the wrong thing. <laughs> so,
4: all right. So I've got a question. So you're serving dinner. You got a number of people over. You're cooking up something, and um, you know you want to serve beer. So, what food goes well with what kinds
0: of beer? I have no idea.
3: <laughs> that's bull. That's bull. That's bull. Uh, you pick, pick the Ashley's fries, right? You got those fries over at Ashley's, those great mm-hmm. waffle fries with cheese and bacon on them. What beer goes best with that? I try to try a different beer every time I'm there. That's the whole point of going to Ashley's. <laughs> so, so in other words, the Ashley's fries are generic enough to go with any beer. <laughs> They're so no, good. No, I'm saying is
0: all beers go with French fried potatoes with bacon and grease. cheddar and chives. Beer goes with oh. Grease. Beer goes with yeah. grease. Yeah. Yeah. And all that's good true. food has grease.
4: Yeah, but you know, look, I mean, if you're going to have an ale, though, or you're going to have a stout with something dark, spaghetti, you don't want like a spaghetti dinner with a big stout beer. At least I don't. It yeah, doesn't seem like secret. it goes well
5: together. I don't think, it, I think it's I don't a, a Pilsner
3: goes with a spaghetti dinner. Yeah. Oh, certainly it does. I uh, think does a Pilsner those, would go great. Sure. A light beers go good wine, with yeah. pastas and chickens and fish. It's almost like wine. And dark beers go better with, um, I wouldn't say stout, yeah, but, but a, a lot of porter and, but I and had, smoked had I'd have beers. a nice
4: red Chianti, though, with a glass of, um, like, a big red glass of wine with a big plate of right,
3: spaghetti. That, exactly. Hey, Bill? So red Bill. beer, maybe? The whole, this is this is not a wine show. Not
5: a wine yeah, show. Yeah, but
1: a beer's color does not denote its intensity. Like, an IPA is a vicious, overwhelming beer, but yet very pale. Well, why would no, you drink? It's, it's Why true. would you
5: drink beer with spaghetti? Why wouldn't you open some wine? I mean, it's I don't like, like wine, so it's
1: pretty easy for me. Because you're not I a walking like wine. vagina. <laughs> 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 oh, hello. Hot lips who will hand. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's about intensity. You know, you got a, a big, meaty, spicy dish. you got to have a dark, complex beer. you got something light and fluffy in front of you. you got some, you know, like maybe some real light fish with a little bit of lemon sauce on it. You want like a, a light, like a Blanche de Chambley or something like that. It's about... Not overwhelming Did flavors. Oh, Colt forty-five. You just said blanche de champlain. <laughs> 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 that's what I thought. <laughs> oh, well done, sir. Well played.
4: <laughs> no, you, you, if you are partaking of the blanche de champlain, it is a
3: truly really magnifique. No, you think about actually. You know, do the French make beer? Yes. Sure. Give Give me one beer that's made in France that I would be familiar with. Well, Belgium speaks
1: French. Half of it I'm is sure largely just French people in different country. So they get half of the credit for the great monk beers.
3: Yeah, but they're not in France. Yeah, go Google. Close
1: enough. <laughs> <laughs> they make some really what really good cheese beers. Cronenberg is uh French, isn't it? Cronenberg is listed as a French beer. Huh? Hell yeah. Vindicated bitches. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so I think if you got like a lot of Duc uh,
1: Saint Drouin de Seberg, Le
4: Chaloux Ambelie, Brasserie Duc Beer. <laughs> <laughs> truly <laughs> magnifique. <laughs> La chalute, la sang, la uh, <laughs> Shitty. Blo- Look at here's one. This is my favorite. C H apostrophe T I. Shitty. <laughs> <blonde>. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the greatest beer. Coming ever. out next year. I, I'll, I'll, I'll have was. a bottle of shitty. shitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll take the shitty. I'll take it uh, and make it a make it a schooner.
3: This is why people hate Americans right here.
1: <laughs> Is this it? I think there's other reasons to do it. It's the bombings. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, the bombings don't help it.
3: Alright, since we're starting to get a little raucous here, what's uh what's the best drinking game you guys can think of? Beer pong or quarters, but uh, there's gotta be others. Strip poker. I like Taunt the Waitress. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Judging from our after hours, Bill likes that too. Yeah.
5: Yes. harass mm-hmm. the waitress. <laughs> three, three man, that was always a good one. Wait a minute, what are we talking <laughs> about? Beer, beer, beer game. Beer oh. Drinking game.
4: <laughs> Trapper is drinking uh, chocolate beer and uh, talking about three men, so I'm not sure. What...
5: Artificial Bill, come on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's,
6: not That's even... the best I got. That's the best <laughs> I got is artificial, artificial Bill. Artificial
2: Bill. Lebt
5: in the lebt im Wald, da ist auch bitter der Michel lebt alone, he's mit Leid light and food. He's going Da the store, in die Stadt, the store, he's in die Stadt, store, he's going to the store, Und fragt sich da was singen
2: Sie an.
3: Limp in der
6: Leude Holzwickel noch, Holzwickel noch, Holzwickel noch. Limp in der Leude Holzwickel
2: noch, Holzwickel noch.
3: Has anybody ever done a beer funnel before? Yes. No.
2: Yeah.
3: All right. Yes. So that's a funnel where you t- you take like a, uh, a, a flexible hose and you put a funnel on the end of it and uh, clamp it together with a little metal ring and then you drop the beer down that and it goes down the tube right into your gullet. That was a nice college
0: trick. What's the most beer you've had in one sitting?
3: Mike.
1: <laughs> Mike's like
0: I don't remember. <laughs> Who has any idea? How do you define a sitting, too?
5: Like, yeah, the problem is once are we you start talking? having a pew, yeah. then inevitably it turns into other yeah, stuff. Yeah, pretty soon it's all afternoon. Shots, so and then you're smoking weed, doing
1: yeah. heroin. And, you know, Bill, you know, Bill, go! No. <laughs> uh, uh. and <laughs> gravy. What does that just mean? Uh, all right,
4: thanks for that, Radar. I've got a problem whenever I <laughs> drink <laughs> beer. That I can I, I never understand the guys who drink lots of beer because it always I I just get. That's the beauty of beer. I mean, it's just like, oh god, I just can't drink. I mean, maybe after four beers in a row, I just get so. It's like if you drank that much water, wouldn't I mean you would get totally stuffed. How do you guys drink more than four beers at a sit?
3: Can you see? Can you see (laughs) Bill in a fraternity? Can you see? No. How do
5: you? Can, can you, you see be him a in a fraternity? By saying you can only drink yeah. four beers. <laughs> <Exactly.
2: laughs>
3: <laughs> Bill, can you That's say me. Bill in a fraternity? Like,
2: drink, pledge,
1: drink! <laughs> And Bill's like, I can't. It
2: fills yeah, me it up.
1: Fills me a stop up. it. It's uploaded. I got to go, guys. I got to go. I got to pee.
3: I got a log exam in the morning.
1: Leave me alone.
2: <laughs> I've already had
6: three. Gosh, that's a lot.
2: Watch it.
4: Bill is not you. Sorry, guys. I got to go get laid. Okay? Sorry. You guys go oh, oh, have fun with yourself. Ooh. <laughs> What's what, what that supposed to be? What are you playing man. Come on, Bill, what's the matter? Why can't you drink more than four beers? Because I'm going to go have sex now, okay? (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Good night. Have fun. (laughs)
1: Shouldn't there be a question about beer movies? Don't you guys love beer movies? Beer movies. Like, strange I brew. haven't seen Strange Brew in a long time. But. Beer Fest is the greatest movie of all a time. a movie. haven't seen it. Is that That's good? Movie. Movie. No. But it's <laughs> great to drink beer, too. <laughs> exactly. It, it's one of those <laughs> yeah. great, terrible movies. Like Super Troop Or Star Trek I think Strange Brew
3: is like the Strange Brew
1: is the penultimate
2: uh, beer Or Star movie. Trek
1: I mean, Star Trek is a great terrible movie
3: When
0: I think of terrible movies That's just what pops There are my a few Star Trek, Trek The odd numbered Star
1: Treks The odd numbered Star Treks Are great terrible movies I
0: would say the numbered Star no, no, no. Treks Are all terrible right,
1: There you go
3: I have to tell you, Star Trek really equates with beer to me, because all through college, all we did is watch The Next Generation on videotape and drink beer and eat Swiss cake rolls. That's what we did for fun. And where were you living? Swiss I just, just point rolls. this out. Where
0: were you living for this? Fort Lauderdale, were you Florida. You were living in Florida by the beach, and you spent the whole time eating Twinkies and watching Star Trek.
2: Swiss, I was a geek in college. Rolls. no, no, no. No. <laughs> No no no
3: we were practicing dude you don't understand practicing we for the what oh, practicing? I've seen I've seen yeah. Yeah. No, friend, no no I, no he's oh, hunting ghosts No yeah. we seriously <laughs> no there is I'll tell you there were there were these conventions that they had about every 3 weeks or so in <laughs> Fort Lauderdale I was practicing for a convention. I no up, no shut up I'm going to tell you the story no no dude this was this was a legitimate business enterprise. We had to basically you go to these conventions and they 'd have this quiz bowl thing where you had to stump the star trek expert and If you could stump the dude so that he couldn 't answer your question you 'd win like fifty bucks. And so my roommates and I would watch string up episodes of The Next Generation and watch like 20 or 30 of them and get totally plastered drinking beer and eating Swiss cake rolls. We'd come up with some inane factoid. So we'd be like, "What was the ship's registry number in in after the second commercial bit break in Best of Both Worlds part 1 showing the scene of Wolf 359, the ship third from the left in the background. The registry number of that ship." And the guys the guy would be like, "Uh uh, I I don't know. Damn it! You win, and so we'd get like 50 bucks, and we'd go buy more beer and more Swiss cake rolls. And for the next three weeks, we would study our asses off to come up with a crazy Star Trek trivia question. And eventually, they banned us. They wouldn't let us do it anymore. You know there were girls with vaginas at college, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. Oh.
3: <laughs> What's with a beer gut? <laughs> Why aren't there more beer thighs or beer? Bill, can you, can <laughs> Why aren't you answer that? <No>.
6: We need
3: well,
2: a I have no idea. I <clears throat> explained absolutely.
3: If you take a look
6: at the way that the hops and the molts con- congeal around the area of fat, particularly around the liver and kidney area and intestines, you're not going to find that same coagulation in the thighs or the ass. That is primarily where Twinkies, Hostess cupcakes, and pretty much anything a chick eats. Swiss cake rolls. Swiss cake rolls (laughs) rolls will give you the Swiss cake ass or the (laughs) Eloy ass, as we like to call it. But the beer gut is simply a a form of medical science.
3: Actually, no, I think, I think I've think i seen beer ass before. If you go to uh, some really bad bars in Michigan, a lot of those guys there have some tremendous asses. <laughs> you know what?
5: The, there, there is a real answer. Wow. Been you don't out hear that too. every day. <laughs> he's been doing hey, a, a, you know, maybe. Dude, would you look at that guy? he a ass tremendous
2: ass. ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to
3: have to go back and have more Swiss
5: cake rolls and beer.
3: <laughs> so what beer goes <laughs> best Star with Swiss Trek? Swiss cake rolls, um, I think we were drinking Rolling Rock.
5: <laughs> you know there is a there is an actual real answer why there's a beer gut. And don't ask me how I know this, but, uh, <laughs> but apparently <you laughs> I learned it in med school. But Wikipedia. <laughs> I, I don't think it was Wikipedia. Traditionally, beer has been a men's drink, and men typically accumulate fat around the midsection. So that's, that makes great
1: sense. That, that is where the beer gut came. and beer increases estrogen, which is where <laughs> beer boobies come from.
0: <laughs>
1: oh my <laughs> god! Helpful information
0: on TavernCast. <clears throat> You, n- you
3: know what? We really don't need that podcast. So <tear> <Wait. laughs> People have had an impression of us, and you are ruining
1: no, it. Are, are yeah, we have a it sterling. <laughs> it's all about where the fat's at. I fed beer to my wife, and I got a baby. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't think that was the beer,
1: dude. <laughs> You're right. It was the FedEx guy. Yeah. <laughs> <y jet German language>
2: In heaven there
3: is no beer. No beer. That's why we drink it here. And
6: when we're all gone from here, our friends.
3: All right, we're going to wrap things up for this TavernCast39, but I want to leave us with a few round table questions of eminent significance. And they are, gentlemen, the number one all-time worst beer ever in your experience. Go. Hmm. I'm going to go
0: with, what was it, like uh, was Old English or some Old kind of malt English. liquor. I don't remember what it was.
5: Bad Frog. <laughs> it was nasty. That's
3: all I remember. Hot Lips Hannigan, go. <laughs>
5: Uh, the skunk Goebbels didn't make for a good experience that <laughs> night.
3: All right, anything skunk,
4: yeah,
5: that's
2: not
4: good. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Mickey's 40-ounce <laughs> malt liquor. Is that, I, to the extent that qualifies as beer, that is... Um, Man, that stuff messes up. You didn't, me didn't go for the,
5: the mid-King Cobra? <laughs> <laughs> Billy Williams We didn't, but we had. I go remember <laughs> going, co-
4: going out in college before we went to a uh, a party and it was. We got a, <laughs> a round of those and. <laughs> oof, man.
1: Foster's in the can. You took Nasty. Foster's in the can? <laughs> you were drinking in the can? That would actually make it a little bit better. then I'd be occupied. <laughs> the Roma
5: really <laughs> would smell better. <laughs> you took Foster's
1: right in the can. Huh?
0: I don't
3: think I've ever actually
5: had those. Wow, way to go there, Father Mulcahy.
3: (laughs) running out of character. All right, and my all-time worst beer ever is Schlitz Malt Liquor. The all-time, the flip side of this, the all-time number one best beer. I don't know. I don't really have a favorite beer. So, try to narrow down just all number one best beer for every possible oh, application yeah. for you. General drinkability. Um, I'll just go with Dirty Bastard. I like it. ODB. What's your, what's your uh, all time number one best beer,
5: Hawk? Oh man, that is a tough question. Um, again, I think it comes down to environment, so I'm gonna go with the Caribbean. Hanging out in the Caribbean drinking El Presidente. Sounds <laughs> good to me. Uh, the number one is Stella. Stella Artois.
4: Ooh. I find that most... Um, my my wife enjoys that. Anytime I serve that, everyone's like, Wow, this is...
5: <laughs> <blood."> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Stella not a good one? No, Stella's I a good thought Stella was a pretty good, good beer. No,
2: Stella's good. <laughs> Stella's
4: good. Yeah, I find that it, it pretty much goes with everything. It's really easy to drink, and it's good on a hot day. We get a lot of those in Southern California.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. No, it's good beer. Uh Clay? Uh, Unibrew's Le Fin de Monde. It is light, it is complex if you're trying to taste it, it is 9% alcohol, and it tends to come in large bottles. It's true. So, yeah, it's a All great What more do you need? <laughs> <laughs>
7: it's awesome.
3: And I would go, not surprisingly, with Rauchbier Raukbeermärzen. Uh, it's made by the Heller Brewery in Bamberg, Germany. I, I love the smoke beer. Smoke beer for every application. Every application. Dude, I love smoke beer. I love it's dude, it's like drinking liquid bacon. And what's well, how can you go wrong with bacon? Right, why you're there back here? more
1: bacon beers. There should be a bacon beer. You know, there is called salt. rock beer. <laughs> That's
3: Schlenkerle. Schlenkerle is rock beer. It's bacon beer.
1: Really? Mm.
3: all right so that's been Tavern Guest 39 thank you very much for listening into this incredibly raucous and beer induced program and thanks once again to our special guest grant wood from the boston brewing company who's makers of sam adams and for uh, katie powell who helped set it up over there for us thanks katie Again, visit us online at www.taverncast.com. Check out our forums. Uh, remember that Shadow Council is now on the website and also on the forums if you want to check that out. If you are a Warcraft nerd. Subscribe! Also, call us on the uh, Skype number, which is, once again... seven three four four one eight eight seven two seven. 418 Give us a hot review on uh, on iTunes. Alright, that's been Aqua Fest. Alright. I am Aloysius. I'm Cramlin. I am Infernal Bill. I am Hotlit or er, Hawkeye. <laughs> hot <lives> Hawkeye. <laughs> I'm West Runner. Alright, take it easy guys. See you.
2: Cheers! Thanks everybody. is recorded live in front of a studio audience. Tavern Cast does not endorse underage drinking and
3: reminds those of you who are of age to have a stout heart and drink responsibly. Tavern Cast is a Snapdragon production. Visit us online at www.taverncast.com.
2: All of good beer.
3: Eliminated website and URL so Bill wouldn't like suddenly come in and say the URL again. <laughs> That's
2: true, that was a major source
0: of confusion. I, I still don't
4: quite get it, to tell you the honest fucking truth. I what happened, oh.
3: Clay, was that they had, um, we, we the old show notes used to say, like in the beginning of the show info, it would say website and forum, and at the end of it, for some reason, I had also put in URL. Well, website and URL are the same thing, but Bill didn't know that. So we do the website, and then Bill would go, and visit our website at we are like, we did that, we did that. Every fucking show for like the past ten shows. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the guest huh? uh, this time around needs to give a go. What
2: <laughs> are we
5: drinking? <laughs> do, we gotta, do I gotta do it with the Peruvian accent? <laughs> if you'd I, like. <laughs> I'd like to hear it. Oh. <laughs> oh I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Accents aren't <like>, thing. <laughs> what are we drinking? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: I guess that was something. All right, Clay, give it a shot.
1: I uh, have been listening to Tavern Cast for so. No, no, I no, brought whoa, their...
3: whoa, 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 whoa! What, 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 what? Do we need a monologue for this? What are we drinking? I'm <laughs> drinking a stone <laughs> IPA. No, 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 no! no, no rolling no. it down fail. my
1: throat, it is delicious.
3: <laughs> oh, all kinds, all kinds of fail, sir. F-A- you need to say, F-A- "What F-A-fail. are you drinking?" What are we drinking? Bryce is just looking for some what? screaming. What are we drinking? Why are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> that works. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's stop this before it grows into the monster It surely will
0: yeah. After all the uh, positive comments yeah, the incredibly about the po- uh, political well, show yeah.
3: Crikey, why aren't you guys doing more
0: British
4: politics <laughs>
0: For teenagers <laughs> We should totally do like Well, people, people were unhappy with us only covering US politics So we're going to do so we're going to talk Australia, about the uh, Cambodian. Cambodian-, uh, Cambodian politics Mamma mia, now, I'm an Peruvian. Italian
4: teenager Why aren't you talking about Italian A teenager, huh? What's the about you? Hey mama, I'm listening to a Taverncast Listening to a World of Warcraft And I hear American Italian po- politics huh?
3: Welcome, welcome back to Taverncast 39 This is Eloy Today we're going to be talking about labor and Tory Which one's the best? <laughs> (laughs) Oh God, our fans!
4: God bless you, every single one. Well,
3: um, you mean are we talking about? Let me let me make sure I understand the question. Are we talking about like after it's poured into a glass? Like you crack open a bottle or a can and then pour it in a glass. Which one's better?
1: Didn't you write the goddamn question?
8: (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear on the last tavern cast? where they said that Bill was the beer bot? Do you think that, do you think that Bill is going to be like, he's going to come back and he's actually the beer bot? Like they turned the beer bot on and it's just Bill? Did you notice that when Bill came on the show it was about the same time that the beer bot stopped coming on the show? I am online. How may I serve you now? What is the question? What is is the question? how are you? What is the question? Phrase the question for the beer bot.
0: Bottles or cans?
8: Bottles or cans? Bill, please answer the question. Bottles or cans for beer?
2: It must be a fat weasel. Weasel. Fat weasel is
8: only good in the bottle. Bottles are only good for the fat weasel. There are no cans (laughs) for the fat weasel. Bill, you are incorrect. (laughs) Eric, answer the question.
0: Uh, Fat weasel (laughs) is the answer.
8: Incorrect, incorrect, Fat Weasel is not the answer. The answer is bottles or cans, therefore the answer must be bottles or cans. Answer the question Eric, now do it, now. Bottles of Fat Weasel. Correct, Clay, answer the question now, now. Do it, bottles bottles or cans.
2: Uh,
8: Bottles of Fat Weasel. Correct, correct, Hawkeye, please answer the question now. Answer it, do it, now, 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 now. You are incorrect. <laughs> you have been ejected from the program. You are insufficient. <laughs> Taverncast is the master. You are the failure. I am the new host on Taverncast now. I am the new host. That answer is correct. I will settle down now. I will shut yeah, down. Let me please.
7: Unplug him. Oh. <clears throat> <clears throat> That's right. Wow, I remember
0: why we so don't uh, bring him out too often. I mean, <laughs> Did you notice?
3: When Beerbot came on,
8: (laughs) Eloy wasn't there.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever notice when Superman is around, Clark Kent isn't?
6: Hello, everybody! Ha ha ha! Shotgunning a beer is the favorite thing to do in Peru! We take a real beer, shotgun, beer and you
4: chop at <laughs> the bottom of the beer off and put your succulent lips across the bottom of the beer and ever so gently caressing the top with the pop and you suddenly pop the top and it all comes rushing down to your gullet in a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> explosion of beer. All the way down. Isn't that right, Superbar? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: shut oh, up, man. you. <laughs> this is uh,
4: my beer I want to shotgun. And that is how we do
1: things in Peru. For a uh, second there, you. Adam Sandler was from <laughs> Peru. Did anybody <laughs> <you>? else
2: catch that? <laughs> <it? laughs> <laughs>
1: So I think I think now instead
3: of um, instead of having to beep out obscenities or potentially um, um, off-color things on Taverncast, which is clearly a family show, um, we should just have Bill just start doing this. Every time it gets a little off-color, just Bill just go into. These are You know you'll save it. Today we're going to be talking about the porn industry, and our guest. Hey, how
4: about that over there? (laughs)
2: Look, a donkey.
3: (laughs) (laughs) This show used to be really good, but now you've got that Bill guy, that infernal Bill guy, and all he does is (laughs) scream all the time and do funny voices. This show
5: sucks now. Bill's got haters?
4: Really? Oh, wow, that was a great comment. But how about sports?
5: <laughs>
4: See, it doesn't matter what you do, because whatever it is, Somebody it's always like it. wrong.
0: And you're wrong.
6: <laughs> Jeez, I can't believe you guys are doing more World of Warcraft. It's the greatest show ever. You should be so awesome. Jeez, I can't believe you guys aren't more hardcore in World of Warcraft. Jeez, I can't believe you guys aren't doing more social commentary. Jeez, DKP is the most important yeah, thing in my entire life. Jeez, I can't wish You can't tell me how to do something about talking like this. I don't Bill is screaming about DKP. Bill
3: broke
2: the
1: internet. Hey, Bryce. Yes, sir. I have my co-host tell me if I'm getting obnoxious and monopolizing the conversation, so please do as well here. <laughs>
3: Don't, uh, don't. I wouldn't uh, worry.
1: There is no way. <laughs> I going to you could good. be more
3: obnoxious <laughs> and monopolize the conversation more than Bill. <laughs> In fact, if you start monopolizing too much, Bill will just talk over you and start screaming, yeah, and no himself. one will be able to hear
0: anything. And That's right. this, is, this is how oh, Bill oh, ensures yeah. that
3: he's the uh, preeminent personality on the program. He just oh, out- It's all about volume. <laughs> it's all oh, about oh, him. Volume. It's the Bill show.
4: Oh, you guys Bill, Bill, Bill. You Bill, guys are too kind. Really? <laughs> Bill Cass. Oh, you're, making, you're making me blush. Hot-lips cool Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you see,
3: you see, that's what he does to you, Mike. You see, you, you, you have a good shtick going, you start talking, you got a good conversation, and he just like cuts in and just cuts you down. <laughs> He's just, whatever, hot-lips hooligan. <laughs> hooligan. 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 Let, let me talk. Let me talk about beer. I don't know don't what I about, about it. I'm going to
2: talk about the bad flu oh. or some shit, because I don't know what I'm
3: talking about. Blah,
2: blah, blah. You can't talk now, can you? La, 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 la. Hello? You can't
3: hear anything because I'm yelling, Peru! <laughs> Peru! <laughs> <laughs>
2: ha ha! It's
3: all my show!
2: <laughs> 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 Colonel <Bell>. Whatever! <laughs> whatever hot lips who <clears throat>
3: <clears throat> Whatever! I think I think I'd rather talk about like beer and put it in cakes and
2: whether
6: it's in
3: poles or glasses, and then Peru, <laughs> Peru,
6: <laughs>
2: Peru. <pieces> <laughs> This is my show! It's my show!
4: (laughs) You guys are pretty much spot on. (laughs) You got me dialed in.